I'm an open book, as you know. <laughs> Cheers. 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 We have a guest today. Someone got invited to our after work cocktails, a little liquid ladies lunch, we like to call it. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the podcast, Rachel Goodwin. I mean, Rachel has been painting faces and spreading the Goodwin glow for two decades. I hope you don't mind me saying that. She's the makeup artist creating some of the most beautiful and creative looks we've seen in magazines and on red carpets with clients like Emma Stone, Riley Keough, Lydia Hurst, January Jones, Rose Byrne, Summer Blair, Alanis Morissette. It goes on and on and on. Rachel and I have spent many hours working together and just as many traveling together. <laughs> hours, I would say. Years. We've probably decades. spent a year. Cumulatively. One yeah. year of our lives oh, together yeah. sitting next to each other That's on planes. That's a good estimate of maybe a little on the moderate side. Welcome, Rachel Goodwin. Welcome. Thank you, guys. Thank you I'm for so being here. here. A real, I was, like, a real super cheer. excited when you Aww. asked. And Rachel requested a little Aperol spritz yeah, for that's our afternoon. Today. This is my vibe lately. You know, I've been watching The White Lotus. Mm. Oh. So fun. Dreaming of Sicily and just, you know, this is the drink I'm, this is my manifestation drink. Like, yes. where is a spray? I'm going to take myself somewhere with this. <laughs> yes. Making it happen. I find that, that your meeting story very interesting. Do you want to touch on that? Oh my God. Rachel, good. We met in... 2000? Yeah, I think it was 2000 because I don't even know if I was lit or I just moved here. We both just moved here. It was 2001. Yes. Because I was still working on a movie set. Yes. And I got booked on a photo shoot on the weekend. Rachel Goodwin was doing makeup. We were doing Visionaire with Terry Richardson. It was a very interesting photo shoot. (laughs) You're being so diplomatic. My, I, we're going to get into your coming in story, but let me tell you, like, Rachel's coming. Coming into your life? Exactly. (laughs) Coming into my life. We realized we had been backstage at many fashion shows throughout, like, the late 90s, early 2000s. But we never met in New York City. We Mm -hmm. both lived there. We never got paired up on photo shoots. Even, like, I was assisting Danilo and Sally Hirschberger. Were you assisting? And I was assisting um, Linda Contello and James mm, Cagliardos. And cool. we were backstage at so many shows. And Because Danilo and James Cagliardos did a lot of a shows lot, together. A lot, a lot. We and found out we were both backstage, but we never met. Yeah. And also, he was very much a part of that whole Visionaire set at that time mm-hmm. in New York. And he was part of, like, there was, you know, the Stephen Gann. And there was um, all of those people that were really, really big at Visionaire. Visionaire was everything at that mm-hmm. time. And, you know, the late 90s and into the early 2000s, it was it was the, you know, the highest level of fashion that you could be a part of. Um, And we all yearned to be a part of it. And it was like they they asked me, do you want to do this shoot? Now, they didn't give me all the details (laughs) Oh my because I might have said no. I don't know. But they didn't give me all the details. But they said visionaire. And I was like, yes. And, and then Visionaire does a th- every year. It, it only comes out once a year. It's a book, mm-hmm. and there's a theme every year. And this year that Rachel and I got booked on it, it was porn. Okay, porn was the theme, and we got booked with photographer Terry Richardson. Okay, now canceled um, yeah. ish, yeah. I guess, pretty much as far as we know. I mean, but not again. It's, it's funny. I mean, we live in a time where we have had a lot of comeuppance happen in the last, you know, five years specifically. Terry was one of the hottest, most important photographers of the 90s and into the early, again, into the 2000s and getting to work with him. I mean, mm. I was at his, 
you know, shows in New York when they opened. I was like, I mean, he was very much a cutting edge, like on, you know, it was indie. It was, it was gritty. It was not necessarily about perfection or, you know, anything like that. It was his, his whole influence was like, it was very seedy. And I mean, I had a a place, I had a place in my heart for that at the time. Mm -hmm. I was definitely, and I I didn't see it as, you know, I, I look at, I look back now and I see obviously the things that are disturbing to people. But mm-hmm. I, at the time, thought it was very cu- counterculture. It was very cool. I wanted to be a part of that. And when they asked for me, I was super excited to work with Terry. And <laughs> I didn't know who would be doing hair. I got there. I arrived at the Chateau Marmont. Chateau Marmont. And I met Mark Townsend. And, um, you know, the rest is history. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, the, the, the thing that was co- so crazy was Mark and I met obviously we instantly connected we were like oh okay we speak the same language we were definitely like both of us club kids we both had like same same references oh my God. same things yeah. we were into we came from other places we were in fashion we were so dazzled by it all we wanted to be you know big names ourselves we had all these hopes and dreams and we were just like willing to work our asses off to get it and yeah. and we get into this room and Terry brings in <laughs> the biggest the porn star with the most number of her name was Houston <laughs> how do you phrase that I don't even had, know what to say I know well, <laughs> so it was an adult film actor her name was Houston yes and she had just finished recording the Houston 500 500 okay 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 yeah I'm gonna let you <laughs> use your imagination there yeah I think and, that's a good imagination yeah, yeah, yeah. The, it, but it was one of those shoots where we did hair and makeup and then we, like no one goes on set you know, it was really just Terry and and. But my favorite model, part. Well, there's a couple of favorite parts. But she brought along a couple like uh, props. But some of her props. Okay. One was a blow up doll, and of her. It was her own blow up doll, but I have a photo a of Rachel. Seller. Yes, it was a <laughs> it hot seller. It was a really hot seller. Do you remember she like she used to like tell people you can go in the carpool lane with it in the car <gasps> oh my god oh, the yeah. carpool lanes yeah. first started but wait we have to wait wait okay hold on oh That's i don't know if you're much. gonna go all the way there are, are you? I, oh. should i not i don't know okay <laughs> let me have a sip what of my apple what is the point apples. of this if we're not let gonna go all the way there okay okay hold on, hold on. I, I mean talk about a coming in story mm, yeah I'm telling you, when Mark I and I met tell- Trial by Fire, yes. like, I mean it, because it was like, it was a moment for me where I was like, am I going to burn these brushes? Because I might. I might. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah. Okay. So at that time in, in fashion specifically, and I think I can really, I'm sure you can share this sentiment, was a lot of those types of photographers that came from England or the ones that were from New York that were like, it was all about not it was like unfashioned was mm-hmm. cool right so it was like we had gone from this glamazon era we had gone from the 80s into the 90s and we had the kevin o'quan we had all these things and then it turned and then we had what you know what they referred to as like the heroin chic era which yeah. is when i arrived in new york city same um I was over it because I was like, I just want to put some freaking makeup on someone. And I was not allowed to. And I was pissed off. But like every photographer would be like, do the makeup and go. And I'm thinking I'm going to get to be like one of these artists who like. 
on is set. on set and yeah. doing all the things. And I want, and everybody, I would get booked on an ID cover and they'd be like, do the makeup. And then just like, we'd be like, are we going to see you in an hour? Okay, great. I'm going to take this person and we're going to go do this whole intimate shoot. And then you, but the makeup and the hair and we're like, they didn't want fuss. They didn't want must. They didn't want yep. anything. And so it was a real kind of like, <laughs> you know, uh, it was like it's such a bummer. <laughs> and I, I, I remember thinking like, oh, God damn it. I missed the good stuff. Like, yeah. And I think with that, with that shoot, I remember they asked me to put body makeup all over her entire <laughs> <Yeah>. body, <laughs> which yes. I was again, I was like, oh my God. Like she was having, her body was, re- was rejecting her breast implants at that moment. <laughs> and there was true. like this whole thing happening that yeah. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Mark looked over at me and I was just like my, the trauma, like the trauma of, on my face going like, I never. This and, is like, we bonded so much on this first job. Because oh, yeah. I mean, look, I was shell shocked. I was shell shocked, and I won't go into the depths of it if you don't think I should. But I will say <laughs> that it was harrowing, and I will say uh-huh. that there was a mark <laughs> on the wall where her body was at one point from all the body makeup. Oh Just an imprint on the wall <laughs> that I'll never forget. Rachel was sitting there like, "Oh my god, the cha- they're going to sue me." Do you think Chateau Marmont is going like, to sue me? I'm like, no, <laughs> like it'll be charged to the uh-huh. visionaire. But but yeah, so he and he took her somewhere. I don't know where, and Mark and I sat in this chair, or I fell back into this chair, and her blow-up doll was next to me, uh-huh. and it was, I he, I looked over, and Mark took a photo, and it's one of my favorite photos of all time, just me kind of, like, resigned to, like, what have I gotten myself into <laughs> with this blow-up doll? It's Rachel at a blow-up sex doll, like, at the yeah, chateau. Yeah, it was like, just, like, how I, am I, I here? I could have just shot the cover. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. Why, why didn't I get booked? Exactly, visionaire. Yeah, like, look at that. It was crazy. It was just a crazy moment of. So we went downstairs for a drink. That's how we. That's how oh. we started our relationship, just like this, over cocktails mm-hmm. and after work, having mm-hmm. a cocktail, yeah. drowning out what just had happened to us, and <laughs> processing. We were processing. Yeah. And um, we had our, our first little cocktail downstairs at the Chateau at that beautiful bar. Yes. And you, you know, the rest is sort of, you know, beauty history. We started working together. You were still on a movie, and I was working at that time in L.A. I had just moved to L.A. I was really kind of like, I mean, I had just gotten there, and I had mm. no idea what I was going to do. I was like, is this going to work? Is this going to um, is it was this a smart choice? Because everyone told me never to leave New York. They were like, mm-hmm. if you leave New York, you're making the worst mistake of your life. You're never going to basically, it's like, you're never going to be in fashion. You're never going to have to be taken seriously. Um, you have no chance of having the career you set out to have. Oh my God. That, oh yeah. They were brutal. And I believed them. I really right. did believe them. Uh, but at the same time I was getting booked in LA and people were like willing to pay my day rate and right. like, excited to have me yeah. and I I just was kind of like what's I don't get it like I get to be creative here and because all the creativity had kind of dried up in New York I was just like being screamed at to if I put even a concealer on a model uh, on a runway in New York and then if I got when I got to LA I was working on music videos and they were lucrative not only were they lucrative but they were so incredibly creative Mm -hmm. and so I was doing like the Smashing Pumpkins and Marilyn Manson and like George Michael and Michael Jackson I was doing every music video in the world like all these Uh again many canceled people 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Gwen, you know Gwen Stefani. I mean, Pink, all of the big stars and mm-hmm. all of those big pop stars. And I was having the time of my life because I was working on these things that I was getting to be the makeup artist that I had wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, if this is what's going on out there, I guess this is where I'm meant to be. And I was kind of going back and forth and I had one foot in New York, one foot in LA. And I was like, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. And I ended up getting my first beauty story, my first published beauty story, which was in Flaunt magazine. And Paul Starr was the mm, beauty editor. Right. And he tortured my soul. <gasps> um, because he was just, you know, he he didn't want to give it to me. Mm-hmm. But he ended up buckling. And but he was like, only if I can meet with her mm. and only if I can speak to her and and you know, have like be assured the all this mm-hmm. stuff. So I remember I was on a music video. But I can't back remember then, for like who. doing a beauty story back then, like you would have three or four pre-production meetings. Uh-huh. Wow. Like you would, uh-huh. it would be mapped out like what was going to happen, oh, yeah. what the inspirations were before you got to the studio. Oh, like, mm-hmm. there was no guesswork. We it don't was have like, that kind of prep anymore. No. So it was like I had to be vetted. You know, and just wild. It is. It was so different. And I was so nervous because I was like, you know, I had been going to agencies in New York and sitting there and having them look at my book and be like, mm, thanks, bye, see you later, you know. Right. But they would used to have to look you in the eye when they rejected you. Yes, that's so true. <laughs> oh my God. Over now. <laughs> and they liked it. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, you need about four more years of assisting. Oh, nobody mm. liked to reject more than Brooke Wall. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she let me have it many, many, many times. Oh, my God. It was so Who bitter. Do you think it, you was are? So, it was such a bitter pill to swallow. <laughs> When you'd be like so excited and nervous, and I would be replacing my pages in my portfolio, like having to go get new plastic pages mm. and shine everything up and tear everything out and get the edges right. And when I started in New York, I was literally having my pictures hand retouched, like painted <gasps> on the photo. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Hand painted photos. <gasps> Pre-digital. Pre-digital. Wow. Yeah. So then, you know, yeah, you had, when you got rejected, you got rejected in your face. Mm-hmm. That's so true. <laughs> That's so true. Wow. But you were living in San Francisco. I was. Were you already doing makeup in San Francisco before you moved to New York? I was. So, I, I mean, I really started doing makeup, like, when I was really young. Like, I started doing makeup when I was in my probably 10 to 12 was when it really like I was doing it on myself and then I was doing it on all my friends yeah. and then I ended up randomly and it's so crazy I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I was actually had my foster mom visiting and we, we went by the building and she went oh, isn't that where the wedding was and I was like holy shit but this whole story of I got adopted into a family when I was 12 years old and that family uh, her the the mother was married to a man who had a sister who lived here in Los Angeles and was a makeup artist, and she was at the time she was in she was doing film she did a lot of film like indie films and I think the last thing she had done was like with Divine or something I thought that oh was my god. so fucking cool I was Whoa. like oh my god what so I wanted to know everything about her and she would send us these boxes of of like Marilyn's favorites and things like that like Erno Laszlo stuff and like all the history and we oh would get really god. into it and so she got married at this. Sunset Tower, what is now the Sunset Tower. Mm-hmm. And I was 13. It was called... The Argyle. The No. It was before the Argyle. Wow. It was called um, the St. James Club. Really? Whoa. And it was like this, you know, <laughs> kind of leftover, you know, not as... Didn't look as good as it does now. Let's mm-hmm. just say that. It was beautiful building because obviously the architecture was gorgeous, but it was a little ramshackly, a little like kind of like neglected. But 
there was a rooftop that is now the penthouses, but that was open. So she got married up there. Wow. And I was sitting there looking around being like, these are my people. <laughs> like, like I didn't even know that there was such a thing as a makeup artist until then, really. I, I heard it that night, really. It was mm-hmm. like that when I went, they, these are, this is a job. Like, this is something that you can do. For like, a living. For a living. Like, I just, it didn't even occur to me that that was a, a pathway for me mm-hmm. until that moment. So then when I went back to high school, I ended up, I mean, I don't, again, we could, I'm glad we have drinks because I always say, when you want to hear my story, we definitely need drinks <laughs> because it's not an easy one to tell. Nonlinear craziness. Yep. But I will say that, you know, throughout my teenage years of bouncing back and forth through foster care, or back to my parents' foster care, whatever, I ended up graduating at one point. I was already living on my own by the time I was 16 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a independent st- study teacher that, thank God for him, like uh-huh. he, I am here because of that man, honestly. Like, there's a few people in my life I can say, like, showed up. And he would literally, I I was working full time, and he would come and he would be like, if I wasn't showing up with my schoolwork, he would literally come to the back of my work and sit in the parking lot until I got out of work and be like, okay, so we're going to do this now? Like, he was like, not going to let me slip through the cracks. He ended up, like, just making sure that I graduated in a cap and gown. Mm-hmm. I got a scholarship, like whatever. And, but then the minute I graduated, I called her and I said, what do I do? This is what I want to do. Like, I'm not, it just didn't, it couldn't, didn't leave me. I was like, this is what I'm meant to do. Mm-hmm. So she had me, she's like, there's a woman who teaches at the San Francisco opera. She's the head of the department, makeup department. Oh. And she teaches classes. So you really should find her in, and, and cause really San Francisco, there wasn't a ton of opportunities. Um, so that was where I began. I began with the San Francisco Opera, studying under the head of the Opera House, and yeah. that was where I really got like my like wow. root of my skill set. Like came from that, and my passion for theatrics and all that, <laughs> <laughs> which you know is never gone anywhere. <laughs> you still got that. Still so got that. But the sweetest part of the story, and the part that just gets me now, because I that that this is sort of all these years have passed and it's now, you know, 40 years later, Emma won her Oscar in that room when we were in that room and we spent, you know, the years prior to her winning, but whatever, that was always her room, the penthouse of the sunset tower. I mean, and that was where, you know, she won for La La Land. That was like, so these, that major moment and like all of these years later, like that full circle of her sort of being in that room and us always being in that room. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it came around. Yeah. And it felt wow. like a close, it felt like a circle closing when that happened because it was on that same rooftop. And I just didn't even put it together until recently. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I, so, I know. So cool. That from that wedding yeah. to the Oscars are like the, one of my favorite memories of my career. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's the football of like the beauty yeah. season, award season. <laughs> it's the Super it's Bowl, Super Bowl of, <laughs> of, of the award season. It so, so it is. So it gave me like chills. Very cool. Very cool little full serendipitous yeah. moment. Mm. I love the Sunset Tower. I still do. Mm-hmm. It's not always the best place to work when you're not in the penthouse. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. Because <laughs> they don't give you a surface Agreed. to put your tools on. Yeah, that's true. Anywho. That is very we true. We can complain about like, 
getting ready runes. Oh, God. Oh, God. Us poor people schlepping over to the sunset tower. But you don't schlep here like you schlep in New York. That's no. for sure. Amen. How long were you in New York for? Only for really, like, I would say it was less than three years okay. on and off. And I, and I think that that time period was like 96 or 7 through 2000, 2001 ish. And I, again, I was sort of foot in both places for a minute because I really mm. kind of couldn't really get my uh, my head around being a full-time on the east coast i struggled with it and i was working i went there initially to open mac pro oh wow i was working for mac in san francisco in the mid 90s and i was like at the height of the madness with mac it was like the most fun ever because it was was just like oh oh, yeah we had to like beat people back with a stick. Like you couldn't mm-hmm. get into the place to get your things. Yeah. Like it was, you needed, you know, Lady Bunny was at the door in Christopher Street. You yes. know, it was just like, it was a time of absolute Ugh. over the top freaking madness and so much fun. And to be working on that energy every day, mm-hmm. it was like being a part of the best party, you know, like being the cool girl, you know? And what I loved about that was that it legitimized being an artist for me. Mm-hmm. And and it because Frank Toskin made sure of that he was a, such a revolutionary. I mean, he made sure that people that worked for Mac were paid well. That we had, you know, we had coverage, we had insurance coverage. That we didn't have to work on commission. That we were able to work hours where we were able to do our artistry on the side. And like, he made being an artist like an actual real thing that you could do mm-hmm. and earn a real living as a young person. And that was, I think, such a legacy to leave behind. I, I know yeah. a lot of people don't think of Mac as much these days anymore but like that company changed my life yeah back then you know they were they still owned the company the two franks so it was like you know it was a different thing mm-hmm. and i was so proud to like we had these like necklaces that had like the chains on them and like we were like <laughs> so proud to work there like yeah. le- legit like we were like we're the cool people in the world. you know and to be an outcast and to be so in felt just like Oh, the world's legitimizing me in a way that I that 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 you get to be the freak and be successful solidified in my brain and my body in that moment in like the mid 90s because mm-hmm. before that I thought oh I'm just going to be an outcast. Yeah. <laughs> just going to be on the fringes. Yes. You know, and that's okay. That's all right. But then they came along and were like, actually, all the freaks, mm-hmm. you're legit. Get over yeah. here. And that's when I was like, oh, we matter. Like, yeah. you know. Oh, God, I, that's amazing. I didn't know that about him. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. He was... And that you could monetize that uh-huh. this artistry. Is... Well, we could live like quality lives back then. He paid us really well. I mean, this was like, I, I think at the time at the mat counter in like 1994, you could earn like $30 an hour. Wow. And, and you weren't on commission. He didn't believe in that. Oh. He was like, spend as much time with each person as they need. So you weren't incentivized to rush through and sell product. It wasn't and just like sell, sell, no, sell, sell, sell. No, it wasn't wow. about that at That's all. It was amazing. about making sure they left feeling really empowered. It was about making sure they learned something. It was about making sure they felt seen and all of that. And it was a completely different, you know, and again, to work for a company, to be in a place where you're like looking around and it's like Isabella Rossellini or like, you know, uh, you know, all these beautiful models like at the Chanel, you know, like, and then our spokesperson was RuPaul and Katie yes. Lang and like, yes. and so cool. to be at that pinnacle of time in which that was just so massively disruptive. It was, I can't explain to you how wonderful it was mm-hmm. to feel like, 
to be a part of that at that time because it felt like we were revolutionaries. Yeah. And it was something I felt so aligned with in my values that, and then to be paid and I could like have a cute apartment in San Francisco, you know, it was just like, it felt so good to do that. And then go to work and know I really cared about this company. I really believed in what they believed in. Right. And, and yeah, so I, I've always since then looked for opportunities where I have had alignment in my values and my work. And right. When it doesn't happen, it feels like shit. So I have to, I'm aware of what that feels like to be in it. And so when I'm out of it, I'm like, ooh, this is not correct for mm-hmm. me. It's cost me a lot though, I would say. Like you get opportunities that aren't aligned and sometimes they're the ones that seem like from the outside, the best ones. And I've sacrificed some of those things for that other feeling many times, mm-hmm. much to my agent's chagrin or much to, <laughs> you know, <laughs> much to, you know, like... I've had moments that haven't always looked like a good idea from the outside, I guess. Right. But out of a, a lot of people that we know and work with, I feel like you, it really, 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 really matters to you to feel good at night at the end yeah. of the day and feel like you did something and you didn't sacrifice who you are. Yeah. Can sleep Yeah, at night. I need to be yeah. able to sleep at night. And, and again, that's different for everyone. I'm not judging or whatever feels good to mm-hmm. anybody. It's like, sometimes it's just a job yeah. and mm-hmm. that's okay. Like if totally. I know that going in, I'm like, I'm just here for the day to do my, you know, to do this thing. And then I'm just like a technician and that's fine. And I could accept that and be right. like, this was a money job. But totally, you know, if it gets like out of whack, like it's like screen time with my kids. I'm like, okay, if we're too many video games and not enough reading, like it's like I have to always do this thing where I'm like just trying to bring everything back into balance. Like, yeah, if it's too many jobs like that, I start to feel like I don't like this job anymore. Or this, right. You know, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm dredging. You know, it's a drudgery. And then if it's too much art and not enough money, then I'm like, okay, I can't live off this job. So <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> gotta find the sweet spot. You always find a balance, though. I, I mean, like from the very beginning, because we were paired up so much what? in like the early 2000s when we both came to LA. We were both like, Fresh meat in town, Fresh basically. Meat. But you were all, you still always had like boundaries in a way. Like you would say no to certain, you would say no to a job because no, I have plans on that day. Like yeah. you really stuck to it a lot of times. Like, I mean, I sacrificed a lot, but I feel like you've always had a balance. We've talked about that in the yeah. past too. I mean, I feel like we've, we've also discussed this and, you know, at length a couple of times over our, the course of our friendship. It's like, I, I do believe that we all make those decisions along the way. Right. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it, it was like there, I had to accept that if I said no, and I said, I'm going to go do this other thing that like that thing may never come back around again. There's always a chance that that thing you say no to won't come back. They're not necessarily right. lying to you. when they say like, if you say no, you could be walking away from, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. cause it's true. <laughs> so oh, I don't want to sound cocky about such it. Such a flashback right now, <laughs> yeah. actually having a big flashback <laughs> of Rachel saying no to a very specific job. Yeah. And it was, I remember, it's funny that you remember it too, but it was, there was a very specific job and I was going to go away. Miss Ellen Von Unworth was yeah. asking for oh, Rachel wow. Benway. Yeah. And it was your anniversary. It was my anniversary. Wow. Yeah. So she's and like, oh, I really wish I could do it, but that's my anniversary. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I do think that we all have those little moments, right? I mean, I've never worked with Ellen Von Unworth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, but I, I knew when I said no, I, that was, that was a possibility. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm not saying I would never want to work with her. I'm just saying I never did because that moment was not correct for me, I guess, at the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like there's, it's like the sliding doors thing. Like, yeah. Exactly. We all have these sliding doors. <laughs> like I'm still married. 
<laughs> yeah. Cheers to that. Yeah. 20 yes. years later. 20 wow. years later. Married, there you go. It's like, I don't know. It was so much fun to be a like part of that. a dream. Yeah. It yeah. was, it was, it felt like we were a tribe mm-hmm. of, of like these like people who were on the right side of something, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And it was like the AIDS era was so painful mm-hmm. for people and growing up in the bay area as you know it's like it was a it was a epicenter for a lot of tragedy and and it was a gay uh you know place of safety and a place where people were able to live in a way that they weren't in other places mm-hmm. you know and yet still suffered so much tragedy and like we're kind of coming out of this fog Mm -hmm. and there was this sense of like the amount of work that they did with Viva Mac and Viva Glam Mm -hmm. um I mean they've raised more money for AIDS research and and HIV like it's like than any other company yeah and at that time no one had done anything like that before Mm -hmm. there was no philanthropy that was connected to consumerism right. and there was definitely nobody showcasing the that truth and being like I don't care what you think mm-hmm. like this is the right thing and it was so successful mm-hmm. like and the success happened organically is really how the disruption happened it wasn't totally. like no possibility in the world was Estee Lauder going to help that happen right they mm-hmm. would never have been brave enough to put a drag queen in their in their ad campaign right but the way that it happened was so beautiful it was like yeah it 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 was true because it was real. It was kind of it was organic. it was just it was totally organic. Yeah, it was this two, it was a gay couple, one an artist, one a business person, God. and it was done in the most pure way possible. Yeah, and and it happened like that because of those two men. That's so cool. Yeah, Rachel. yeah. I can't imagine what that must have felt like. At it the was time. like we felt like. We felt like warriors or something, little soldiers. We really did, and I'm—I mean, and I'm straight, but it didn't matter. I—I've always felt my people were. Yeah. (laughs) You live in the gay. I I live with the gay. (laughs) They've always been my people. So like, and you know, I was, you know, we—I mean, I danced on the Mac freaking float in New York on Gay Pride. I was like, I mean, I was in it to win it. And it was so much fun. And it was, we really did feel like we were making a change. We did. That's so cool. Yeah, it felt like we were part of something good. Not only that, that but we, 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 we we it was like the first one that ever like recycled. Right. Right. Wow, revolutionary. They were revolutionaries. What were you going to say, Mark? Well, I love that you said, like, they were disruptive. They were disruptive. In the truest sense of that word, like, before it's been completely, now it's completely stolen and used by every market, every marketing firm, like, on the planet. Be disruptive. Be, Be disruptive. disruptive. Uh-huh. Oh. Give me a break. I know. But they were Puke. truly disruptors. They were. And that's the thing is that you can't ever plant, you can't go out with the intention to disrupt. Exactly. <laughs> it exactly. doesn't work. You just are doing something and it and you know, you can't call yourself the one who influenced people. Other people will have to say that you did that. Okay. I can yeah. come and say, This person had a huge influence on me, but if I'm like, I had a huge influence on la 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 you'd be like, oh No, honey, back down. I am the chosen one. I am one. the chosen one. It's like yeah. it's for other people to decide and it's for history to decide. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and so I feel like now <laughs> you've totally redefined influencer. Yeah, to right. Me yeah, it's like come on now. 
Come That's on. my job title. <laughs> what do you do? I'm an influencer. Uh, well, I've been watching The Vow, and I think that guy was a major influencer <sighs> in the worst way. I am horrified. I can't believe it took me so long to watch it. It's crazy, I isn't it? I cannot believe mm-hmm. it. What a story. What the actual. What? I can't even. Pro- I'm still working through it in my mind. Mm-mm. You watch season one and two. I'm watching with season one. I'm on like oh. five. I'm on like episode five. Oh. I'm just like, what is happening? By the way, these women are like smart and funny yeah. and talented and successful. And yet, just desperate for clarity, and wow. they'll take anyone's explanation of it. It's just spooky. Wait, I, it was so spooky. Wait, do you see what happened? Like season I two. I can't. Wait, I'm like, just wait for it. I'm so I can't believe how much time I'm going to spend on this. <laughs> I know. You know, I'm not giving up now. I know. It's over. It's, it's at least a couple of days of my time. I because we watched season one together of you and I, right? Yeah. But I think HBO already put all the episodes out when yeah. we got into it. Oh, okay. So we could binge right away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Season two, I I watched week by week. Like mm-hmm. I was. I'm was it just so, too much to digest? The story. Well, they, HBO doesn't they put it all out at once. The week. Oh, they do. They know they had you. They were like. Oh, and hook, yeah. line, and sinker. Oh, I bit God. it. I I pulled on that line, and they got me. <laughs> and we sunk. Yes. Yeah. I love that for season one of The Vow, like, you're in the story as it's happening, basically. That's what that's yeah. what's so crazy about it. We said this was not very long ago. This feels like right now. It was it literally. Is. Yeah. And the fact that they thought to document it the way they did, that you felt like you were literally it was happening to you in this mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. Like you were like witnessing it in real time. And yeah, I think that's what's so super uh, commanding about. You can't look away. You're just like, Oh my God, this is a real thing that's happening this minute. And don't Google anything then. Let I will play out on the show. I won't. Because, <laughs> okay. Wow, okay. Good. Okay. Okay. Yeah, no, it's too good. I'm just going to allow it to un- unfurl on its own. Oh, Ooh. are you binging anything else? Anyone? What am I watching right now? Wednesday. Oh, oh, Wednesday. oh, 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 Wednesday. Yes, 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 yes Wednesday. Yeah. I thought Jenna Ortega's so good, and I thought, I mean, Catherine Zeta-Jones. Catherine Zeta-Jones. Wait, Catherine can, Zeta-Jones. can we talk about you two? Just like, <laughs> because it just so happens, one of your photo, suit, photo shoots with the great CZJ. CZJ. Catherine Zeta-Jones. John Rousseau. Wow. She's a real movie star. I mean, every now movie and then. Movie star. Well, they don't make them like that no. anymore. They don't make movie stars. They make actors. And so, yeah. therefore, there's a few movie stars on this planet left, well, and she's one of them. Yeah. The two of you, the hair, the makeup, like CZJ <laughs> was looking fire on that shoot, you guys. God, it was I so just, good. I love oh. that Rachel was there that day because I've worked with her for a couple years now, and I just like love it because I know that you would retain the stories that she was telling <laughs> and tell them in such a beautiful way that I'm like, I don't know. She's, you know, wild. You're like, no, this happened, this happened, this happened. So good. Such a <sighs> yeah. It's such a, such a fun uh, day to be a part of. Cause yeah, it's like those moments happen every now and then. I mean, I, I always feel sort of like our jobs are, can be super surreal. You know, mm-hmm. we have these privileged little like vignettes into this other world. I always say it's like you get like a fame hangover. Like you have a yeah. fame Yes. A fame, a fame over. over. It's like you kind of come down and you're like, wait, wait, oh, wait, my apartment, I have to clean it. Like it's just like you're like, you were just like in this world that was totally rarefied and like completely out of time and space. And then you have to go home and feed your cat. You yeah. know, and it's like, like it's I was just, just so polarizing. She spent the day with Angelina Jolie. Mm-hmm. Historic estate oh in Los Angeles, and, and then, then you I'm go like, home and like I gotta stop by and get like eggs or something. <laughs> yeah, pavilions. <on it. laughs> Do you ever get nervous, Rachel? Did you ever um, have a nerve struggle, or you just 
I do occasionally. And I, I mean, occasionally when it's someone that I'm like, oh, I really want to work with that person because I'm always worried that I'm not going to, I'm going to be let down. Mm-hmm. So that, that's when I get nervous. It's like someone, if I like really look up to them, I'm like, Oh God, am I going to be horrified by their, by the reality? <laughs> but um, not that your hands won't work or you, it's not on your head. It's yeah. like, they're going to disappoint you. Yeah. It's yeah. not like that. I can't do what I, cause I, I, you know, once I'm working, it's like, I'm just like, I'm in the flow. I'm in a flow state. Once mm-hmm. I bring out the brushes, I just yeah. go into it and I look up and it's like, oh, did that happen? You know, <laughs> but I always laugh because it's like, I could just keep painting until like someone has to like pull me off. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I'm pretty fast, but I also can just get, get lost in it. And there's that quote, someone said it was Leonardo da Vinci, but it was like, no art is ever finished, only abandoned. And I really feel like that is oh. very true for me. Like, yeah. I'm like, I have to just at one point walk away. Yes. Because I could keep going forever. Right. Yeah. And I've never been happy with something. Never. There's no chance. I've never like done ever. (gasps) Really? Never. Not one time. Wow. Oh my God. I've always looked at it and gone, oh, I would do this different. I would do that different. I would tweak that. I would do always. My eye is just like, it's like the Terminator. It's like looking at it and then just like zooming in on the one thing that I would, if there's like even an angle, you know, it's like, I will find it. (laughs) And I look back at certain work and I'm like, God damn it. If I just, you know what I mean? Like I, there's sometimes you don't get enough time. Sometimes, Mm -hmm. sometimes the person is in a state of, you know, you, you sometimes you get that one chance and you don't get that chance again. And so it's, it's hard because you're like, it's not perfect circumstances. You you might be on a boat. I don't know. There's a million things that could happen. Like I've been on a boat and it's been like, you know, it's yeah. like, I, I've, I've been like, oh, she's leaving in two minutes and I didn't get a chance to do this or that. Like that happens. And so it's not always in your power to make it the way you want to make it. And so I feel like people and the, and the judgment is the scrutiny is so high now. Mm-hmm. versus like I'm grateful that I actually got to start prior to the digital age I don't know about you guys Me but too. like I'm grateful that I had to look at Polaroids with a with a loop yes. and I had to um a I had to get glass. a magnifying glass and I and I had to like learn what worked and what didn't and because I do think there's a beauty in like trying and there's a beauty in, in making mistakes because that's how you really get good. And I think mm-hmm. there's not a lot of room for that now to like basically throw and just see what happens, you know, throw something at the wall and see what happens. Like you have to hit it out of the park mm-hmm. every single time. And, and sometimes you, that, that's, that's like death to risk taking in my mind. Yeah. Um, and I think risk taking is where the good shit like is on the other side of it. So it's like, if you can't take risks and you, often just stagnate and it's so that part I'm like I'm glad I did all that a lot of it per before anyone was sitting around you know taking notes and mm-hmm. on the interwebs forever and all that mm-hmm. but at the same time like I could see how kids now they don't have gatekeepers so they have this like whole new era where they just get to be like well we get to decide whether or not we're relevant and like you don't get to decide and I right. love that yeah. that's right. pretty that empowering cool. yeah so there's good and bad. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, there's ups and downs. There's Goods ups and, and downs to the good and bad. I mean, I love getting to be a mentor, though. Sometimes yeah. if I have anything to share, I'm like, I wish I could help you. Yeah. I <laughs> can give you, like, some reference advice. Like, I'm like, but you really are, like, in a new world. Mm-hmm. And that's, the you know, the, 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 the digital beauty world is, it is, I think, bigger 
obviously than the one we were in. We were in a small pool of people. There was like 10 people who Mm -hmm. worked in it at the upper echelon. And we had to either be part of their world or like wait for them to die. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, and then hope you could fill the spot. And, and they were yeah. like, they were like, I will hold on with every ounce. I will be hanging on to this with till I'm, you know, ninety five. So it was a really rarefied world we were a part of, and it and it was like your hopes of being one of those people were so small. It was, it was, it was almost infinitesimal. It was like it, you couldn't even know who was going to get to be, and it was like winning a lottery. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was about to say, like, think about the hairstylists and makeup artists that were coming at the same time you and I were like, you kind of see them drop off yeah. along the way. Like, Oh, they moved out of town. They decided to go into a different thing. Oh, they've moved over to wanting a uh, schedule. Yeah. Like they wanting can't handle to be able to the count freelance. On something. Yes. How about counting on something for a change? Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, this, this business is a harsh mistress. It's, yes, it, it is. is not for everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's harsh. Any planners. Oh, man. Forget yeah, it. Forget it. If you're go a planner, run, like run for your life. If you like to have a schedule, cause this is not for you. You're not going to have <laughs> it in here. <laughs> What has made you keep going? Like just like just the passion for it? I mean, I art? have no other I have no other <laughs> skill set whatsoever to fall back on. I know, I know, I, I know. Right? What would I do? Yeah. What would you do? Make jam? I don't know. <laughs> like I'm not a good jam maker. And I'm just like, I don't know. I thought about this over the pandemic. There was like a three month period where I thought I may never do this again. <laughs> yeah. I may never oh, work again. Yeah. I, I'm like, who's going to let me touch their face with this horrible disease, yes. virus going yeah. on? So I literally had a, you know, I had my definite just dragging myself through the mud going, what other skills do I have mm-hmm. um, besides making people feel great and putting makeup on them? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was a really, um, crazy time but I I do think that what came out of it was like a a reinvigorated sort of knowledge of like well this is my true gift Mm -hmm. and I'll be probably you're gonna have to pry the brushes out of my cold dead hands right so that was like okay that's this is who I am I've spent my entire lifetime doing this (laughs) yes Mm -hmm. and I I have dedicated my life to this craft so Mm -hmm. I'm proud of that I'm proud that I've I've managed to still be here. I mean, it's pretty miraculous, really, when I think about it. Because who knew? Like, um, and it's as shocking to me as anybody else. It's not shocking to me. I mean, You're, shocking. I'm such it's a fan like of so your work. I know. Rachel would. I think would be a food writer. Yeah. Food, oh, like yeah. A food blogger. Kind the of. ice yes. cream maker. Uh, ice cream oh. maker, food writer. Those were the things that I definitely was like, because I, I think my other passion in life, obviously, as you guys know, because you guys are both yeah. big foodies as well, is, is definitely food. I mean, food and like all of the, all of the things that go along with it. I love chefs. I love mm-hmm. restaurants. I love farms. Mm-hmm. I love the culinary world is super exciting to me. When Mark got to go on the Julia oh and Julia God. Junket, I was like, dying. yes, that was actually incredible. Dying, so cool. I was like coming out of my skin, it dying. Was, that was probably one of the best junkets I've ever been to. That was insane. Was that a farm? It was on the farm where they like grew the vegetables. Yeah. Yeah. What was it, Blue Hill? Or yes. yes. God damn it! It was make junkets like that anymore. Right? No, <laughs> Not at all. no. Like we were bussed up like an hour north of New York City. So oh, cool. Now they're throwing like a farm. lavash at us. That's throwing. It's like falling apart. <laughs> throw it at your face. Honey. 
Just try and grab it. You get a call sheet and it says, bring a bottle of water. They don't know how to wrap the lavash. They're like, yeah. it's like coming apart. It's bring like, your own toilet just, paper, <laughs> your own water. It's just not the way it was. Gone oh, are the days of the Four the Seasons buffet that used oh. to be spread out. The endless buffet. Three times a day. Gone are the days of the, of the Four Seasons sushi platter. Mm. Gone Remember? is the platter. Remember the spicy The Hawaiian rolls? rolls, the tuna rolls. They were the mm. best things ever. They were that. They'll still make them for you though. Sometimes. They will if you if the right chef is there. Oh, but if but not if the if the junket doesn't allow for you to order them oh, or no. even put you don't know. So no. it's like it's like it's so funny the business. Yeah, it's it's hard for for the people who, you know. But then we came into the business like when okay. So when Mark and I first met, we were sort of the next. So the 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 supermodel era was coming to an end, mm-hmm. and the actors were mm-hmm. now becoming the models. The models and. We were we were at that we were on that cusp of like the old world new world thing and and there were a lot of people in Los Angeles who had like been working with like Herb Ritz and a lot of other photographers that had like a hold out here that were like mm-hmm. more of the celebrity portrait photographers mm-hmm. but then it started to merge it started to merge and David LaChapelle was like doing all the covers of there was a magazine called Detour remember Detour mm-hmm. even details yes. and then detail yeah there was details there was Detour there was George magazine mm-hmm. I remember that was like a moment mm-hmm. there was um Jane magazine God. Jane Gosh. I love Jane. There Lucky. was there were so many interesting mm-hmm. publications, and they were all sort of like shooting the celebrities here. So mm-hmm. we just happened to walk in at that time, and that time offered just so many different opportunities because all of that stuff used to happen in New York, hundred mm-hmm. percent of it. And then it, we were able to get on these jobs with these really excellent photographers because there was really no one from New York living in LA. But th- right. that's the thing we were. The difference is we were getting on the the covers with these celebrities because the photographers were asking yes. for us, not because the celebrity was saying, "No, I'm not coming if I can't bring my own hair." Exactly, and because those photographers were like, "Oh, mm. I don't want this LA person," but they were like, "Oh, if they saw a book that looked like it was from New York, they right. would be happy to book that person because they weren't able to fly in their low, you know, their their team." So we just happened to like get really lucky in that moment. Mm-hmm. I was working with photographers that I know a hundred percent. I would have had to wait 10 years to work with in New York. It, right. like if you got lucky. If I got lucky enough to work with them. Mm-hmm. So that was really the big like shift that happened. Yeah. And we were right there at that moment. And it was a very, very fortuitous combination of things oh, happening. I and yeah, and then we got, we were, <laughs> that's a sad memory, sorry. Oh, when we were shot for WWD. <gasps> <laughs> Oh. Wait, they called us the Wonder Twins. The Wonder <laughs> Twins. And I we feel were like, I like remember we were that. like, but we were like put together like as this like yeah. team of yeah, you know, yeah. And, and so <laughs> oh I was gosh. so nervous. I had like no neck in the photo. It was it's awful. The worst <laughs> photo the worst. taken of both of us. <laughs> the worst from the weirdest angle. And I was like, my first thing ever that I think I did where it was about you know, about me and about us as, as like a hair, you know, as a team kind of working on these people. And it was a big deal, but I looked horrible. We hated that picture. We, we both hated we the both photo hated so it. much. But like, <laughs> this was before, uh, talk about like great for your press kit. Right. Like, to, it was for the hair and makeup to be photographed, not without a client. Which at that time was the definitive inner right. insider fashion, like legitimization that we needed from that world as well. So we got this like. Even though the photo was, I mean, legit, like the worst it was photo legit the ever worst. taken of both of us. <laughs> yeah. It helped a lot. Though, it did actually. Because it really did push us up. Yeah. Like in that echelon. It of did. Publicists read Women's Wear Daily. Like. Yeah. 
we were, were mm-hmm. we were we were like known then for being the people in LA at that time period that if yeah. you were coming from that world that you wanted to work with and that was it was really uh, yeah it was so I think it was pivotal for mm-hmm. sure that moment wow yeah. oh you need to pop up that because we, we were never doing see a that photo <laughs> never look okay, at sorry. that photo ever again you I, I, I can see it in my mind's eye and I'm cringing now I'm just gonna take another sip of this I I can't, I, I'm a pack rat. I keep everything. So I do have my very first oh my press kit from the magic <gasps> agency where we're, when we were rep there. And I, it's, it's in there. It's like the opener of the press book. Of yes. course. Big time. Like oh us God. being photographed. Oh yeah. But we were, <laughs> we, were doing, we were doing Ashley Mary Kate. Yeah. We were doing Hillary Duff. We were yeah. doing Penelope Cruz. Like we were doing all we the were same teamed clients. up a lot. A lot. Oh my God, Mark with Penelope, because I was always like this, like, like I would just say the most whatever things. I would talk about something and Mark would be like, don't say that. And I'm like, oh my God, what did I say? Like, I forget what it was when we were on a shoot with Penelope and I was like saying something about a farmer's market. I don't remember, but you were like, don't tell her that. And I, the first thing I do is like, say it. Like The whole point was, oh God. Yeah. What was Penelope it? Penelope called me uh-huh. and asked who she should use for makeup. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I really like this this person, Rachel Goodwin, like her book is beautiful. So I said to Rachel, like, don't tell her we're friends. Like, I don't want her to think I'm recommending you just oh, because yeah, that's we're what friends. It was. Like, that's what it was. I really wanted it to be about like her work is the best you're going to see. First job, <laughs> like Penelope was so obsessed with her Mac spice lip oh, liner. Okay. All I remember from this job is that Rachel had to keep reapplying the Mac spice lip liner and f- decided to tell Penelope Cruz, every personal story she could think of about the two of us. That we had gone to the farmer's market the day before. That we were traveling together. We went on vacation together. So Penelope's there like, oh, you guys are close. I'm like, "Mm, He was trying to play it cool. Like, I was just like, happened to be there. And I was like, no. But you know what's so funny is my mom and dad always tell this one story of when we were driving from New York, where where we're from. We were driving to California, moving across the country. We had to bring our cat across country and and we go to this hotel it was like the only hotel around in the middle of the night and they stop and they're like Rachel do not say anything about the cat <laughs> just don't say anything because they were not allowed to have pets here so like don't say anything and yeah. so the first thing I do is like we have a cat named Foster and he's so cute and he's in the car and they're like oh my god we're like in the car driving <laughs> to the next hotel they're like oh we told you not to say anything it's like it's a trigger just for me can't. I don't know what it yeah. is but can't keep my mouth shut about these things so just just if you oh want it God. to be secret just don't tell me to keep it no secret. that's so not true because you're a really good secret keeper huh? it's just like when you're specifically told like don't tell that if person we're friends if someone says don't yeah. say it's it we're friends we're best friends don't say we have a cat oh my god we have a cat it's oh like Tourette's or something. You keep really good secrets. I, bet, I definitely, I do. I mean, I'm not like, I, I'm, I'm, I don't, I, people can, you can trust me with a secret. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. I would trust you. <laughs> exactly. Should we get to our Oh my gosh. Let's question. I'm really excited about Okay. Okay. Oh my God. Those are delicious. You can dip it in sugar. These cannot be, sometimes not be that delicious. I, I like to dip them in sugar. Mm. That's why that oh, little that's sugar a idea. Oh, there. I see. Let, let's, oh let's my god! Some stuff in real quick. That chocolate. It's good, isn't it? Holy cow! It's from Zinc down the street. Oh my god, those are delicious. Yes, please. Thank you. 
Um, well, you guys have traveled forever and for so many years. Do you have any funny stories about the gig on the road? Oh, God. <laughs> we have traveled to gorgeous places and horrible places. Hershey, Pennsylvania. <laughs> what was in Hershey? Hillary Duff. Hillary Duff. Oh, okay. <laughs> for what was it again? Wait, we traveled a lot with Hillary Duff. We did. We went to Hershey, Pennsylvania to shoot a music video. Yeah, she was going on tour for Fly. Oh, I loved it. Remember how Fly, cute it was for was Fly? It. Yes, it was a live, a live version of Fly. She was so <laughs> cute. She was like fifteen, wasn't she? Like fifteen or sixteen years old. She was so. Old? I think she was fifteen or sixteen. Adorable. Oh Hershey, God. Pennsylvania. But also, uh, we shot her Mattel commercials while we were there. That's right, Barbie. She, she had Barbie. Lot of she had her Barbie. Barbie. Yeah. Cool. I mean, that was the height of the Lizzie McGuire and all of the things that she was doing. I mean, yeah. she was a huge star at that time. We were we were with her for years, many years. And she was so sweet. She's such a sweet girl. I mean, really. We were, we were on one of those. We had to, like, finish work, race to the airport, get on the plane. And, oh, the wine. Um, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's exactly where I'm going with the story. <laughs> Rachel and I were on the plane. You have another photo of that. I have a photo. I have photographic evidence of this. We flew from LA to New York and then New York up to Hershey or up wherever, to Pennsylvania. wherever Pennsylvania, however we got there. So we had to take a very small like propeller plane to go up to Hershey, Pennsylvania. I panic when I see the propellers in and it was storming. It it's was. raining, oh thunder, was lightning. Yeah. Oh, no. Rachel's a white knuckler flyer anyways. <laughs> I am, like she I am. would claw me. Uh-huh. Uh, for during the takeoff, I would. Yeah. It was horrible. <laughs> so I we decide. I, I haven't thought I'm about like, any of this stuff in okay, so long. I'm only nervous like in the rain, kind of, and it was a small, small it was. plane. Um, no. My palms are sweating. Thank so, you <laughs> the second we get on, we like look at the flight attendant and just like, can we please have some wine like before takeoff? Like at desperate times, they're like, it's a 40 minute flight. Like, We're there's like, not even care. like drinks ever. Give so, like, us the just wine. give us the wine. Yeah. <laughs> the turbulence is so bad that I spilled my wine all over Rachel. Literally all over me. Like and I had her a brand white, new white Mark, Mark Jacobs, Jacobs purse. It was like I was literally covered in red wine. And I did no. not bring a change of clothes because we were going and coming back that night. Yeah. So I had no change of clothes. So we had to buy She bought I airport bought Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> Hershey, Pennsylvania sweatsuit that I had to wear. Yes. And that and I wore that to the job okay. all day. But and then oh. yes, she did. Well, so when we when we did land, so we landed, we're trying so hard to like get her cleaned up. It's not and then happen. get her cleaned we up. We couldn't the plane couldn't pull all the way up to even like we had to get off on the runway and go through the rain. Uh-huh. So she's not only covered in red wine, then she's covered in rain. In rain. So I got poured on top. I was completely drenched. It all blended I looked like together. a drowned rat covered in red wine. And Mark takes a photo. I did. You have it? And it, this was even before camera phones. Like, right? I had my, You like, had a digital photo I had a of digital it. camera. You have that somewhere, I think. I feel like I've seen it. It's framed, it yeah. It's framed. <laughs> It's literally framed. It's framed along with the blow-up doll. I need well. to see both of these. Yes. Uh-huh. Remember my house in Silver Lake? Yes. I had the, the whole wall. Uh, hallway mm-hmm. of photos. And yes. both of those photos yes. were I love in that, the hallway. I love that hallway. It's so good. 
I guess that would be our best oh, of the travels. God, I think that's one of our like top ridiculous stories. And both with Hillary Duff. I wish she still had the sweatshirt. I mean, too. I should have saved Just, it for posterity. It'd be what? like cool and ironic now. I know. <laughs> what about the purse? Like it was her oh, first, like I never her designer money. fur, well, her first this, designer purse. Can and I, just, I ruined it? I'm talking over you. Sorry. There yeah. is a story that I always think about. Because Mark really was there in the very early, early stages of my career when I in L.A. And it was, you know, it, I was living in a bungalow in West Hollywood. We were like, is this going to happen? Like working it out like a young artist, not making a ton of money, just like making ends meet. And, and I remember... You know, we went to the chateau a couple of times and I would walk or I would park my car elsewhere. I would park my car on the street. I would I drove like a Sentra. I drove like a nineteen ninety six Sentra. Parked like half a mile away on Crescent Honey. Yeah. I was like, I can't pay the valet, it's crazy money. And I and you know, coming from San Francisco and then New York, like I didn't have a car in New York, and then I bought this 1996 Central that I thought was like so fancy. Um, and it was I named her Chance. She was so cute, and she she was like bright baby blue. And I remember parking her on like La Cienega and then walking to the chateau. Or, oh. And so oh, I remember the day that because people will say like well when did you know that you were successful like when did you know if you made it and I'm like I've never felt like I've made it like I still don't but there was a day that I pulled up to the chateau and I valeted my Sentra for the first time (laughs) and Mark went no I just remember you go uh, no she was driving good way I was in the passenger seat and because we met at the chateau that kind of was our place like we would go there after work to have (laughs) drinks and stuff like that I was like, well, what do you want to do with your car? <laughs> she goes, ah, we'll just valet. And I just went, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm in here. I'm in the car. I get to witness the moment Rachel Goodwin arrived. <laughs> like, when people ask you, like, when did you make it? You're going to say, like, the day I the valeted, day at, the I valeted at the chateau. Because it was, like, 20 bucks to valet. It was. Yeah. It was Huge. expensive. I remember that moment. Mark going, oh, Goodwin oh. has arrived. <laughs> There we go, honey. She's valeting that car. Goodwin, party of one. Your car is available. Party of one. Goodwin. That, I mean, that literally was like, it was, you have made it. Yep. She I knew. I was like, up. I yeah. am a working artist. Yes. Like, I have made it in this yes. town. Like, yes. <laughs> Mark also coined the Goodwin glow. He I, was. Yes. The, he coined that like way early. When did that, like, we're going to get into like your specific favorite yeah. products, but like there, there is a glow that your clients get. Like, mm. what is it like? Is it a product? Is it that you spend time on skin? Like, I spend a lot of time on skin. Yeah. I do. I spend a lot of time on skin and I, I'm really, um, the skin is like the most important thing in my makeup because I feel like the skin without it, nothing else works. Mm. So for me, it's like getting that right combination of like, covered but but reveal like I want to sort of see the skin I always want to mm-hmm. see it so it's like I have this kind of painterly way that I that I remove I like add and remove and add and remove and add and remove until it's like right at where I want it yeah um and so I don't know exactly it's something I probably just developed over many years and it also was beaten out of me really early in my career as an assistant in New York that you know, the skin cannot look like it. There's foundation on it. Like I can, it just is not, it was like, I would literally have Linda Contello screaming down the line at all of us, like no foundation, no foundation, like screaming at us. Like if you even put a shred of concealer, you were like, you're out. Like, so 
It was to get to trick the eye in order to make it look like there is no makeup is something that I've probably honed for 25 years. Right. And so, yeah, the skin is like the most, most important. And then everything else just is like gravy after that. So oh, that funny. leads us into. I know that's what it leads us into. But I also want to, because we're going to talk about your inspirations in a minute. But Rachel and I get to work with Lydia Hurst together oh, yeah. a lot. My and God. We throw around words like inspiration or muse and mm-hmm. stuff like that, like too much almost. Like Lydia, she's she started as a model. So mm-hmm. she kind of still treats hair and makeup that way. Like she's like, here's what I'm wearing, go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's no consultation. Rachel literally just starts like, like putting on, she starts futzing, like doing her mixtures. Specifically when we're at Lydia's, I can't see the mirror. Uh-huh. Interesting. So yeah. I'm I'm in the back doing yeah. hair, 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 hair. And I'm like, Lydia pushes us. She wants yeah. us to be as creative as we possibly can yeah. be. So when I get to come around to the front, all of a sudden Rachel's done like some like amazing, insane <laughs> eye with like six different colors blended together. Like there, but there was no consultation at all. Yeah. Like, we're just gabbing. We're usually time. you're like, I'm gonna do more of an eye, and I'm like, we're doing half up. <laughs> Yeah, that's and then it. it becomes like this crazy big huge yeah, hair texture yeah. and like this insane eye. Like, because we're just trust is like flat. It's like a flag at a race or something. It's like boom, like go. Mm-hmm. It just that trust is is so epic. It doesn't happen with that many clients. And so she, there's a few like Mark and I used to work with January Jones back in the Mad Men days, and I think she was a model as well. And she really let us do what like really again. I think knew that we were from the back, had the backgrounds we had in fashion and like an editorial and knew that we were like artists that worked together well and just was, were just again, trusted us mm-hmm. explicitly. And I think we, a lot of great work came out of that. I know. And I think like the trust aspect of Lydia is just like the same. It's like, it's a nonverbal, uh, this thing where she really understands that what we do is an art. She's not held back in by her vanity mm-hmm. in any way shape or form she's just like i'm a muse i'm, a, I'm i want to feel great and i and she loves to use makeup and hair as a way of expressing herself mm-hmm. so I it's a perfect so she is the ultimate in my book like and as far as like that goes like we get to play and it genuinely feels like play well and i feel like trust is the like it's the ingredient that makes us feel like it's not work Exactly. Yeah. yeah then you leave feeling like, oh my God, I don't feel like I just. No, I never feel yeah. like, I always feel like we, it's almost like, not to be vulgar, but like, it's like a artistic orgasm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. 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 To get to play it's, like that. Yeah. yeah. It's totally like, you know, yeah. you just feel like, oh my God, I just got that out of my system. You're like, yeah, oh. let's go have a drink. Oh, yeah. Like, Cause, Cause it's all the work. things that made me want to do this in the first place. Yeah. Like totally. that's what I thought it was going to be like. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to get to be like that all the time. And clearly it's not like that all the time, but yeah. When it gets to be like that, you're like, I have made it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I did that. Yeah, I did that. And she just is like, she's a pleasure. She's a joy. And yeah, she's she respects the craft and she respects artists. And she's an art. I think she's ultimately an artist. Mm-hmm. She's a creative, she's a creative soul. So she brings that around her. Mm-hmm. You so know? Cool. Yeah. Well, speaking of like mm. getting ready to to go oh, to boy. work, we wanted to ask you some of our favorite questions. Okay. What are your five pump up songs? Like you listen to them on your way to work. You listen to them for inspiration. I know music is a huge source of inspiration for you. So I'm so excited about what songs you're going to Mark and I can 
sing for hours on a road trip. I mean, this guy can make a playlist like nobody's business. <laughs> I love a road I trip mean, playlist. I mean, this is oh. like, Mark and I have had so many road trips where we have just sang our lungs out. And there are, music is huge for me. Music is so important. I mean, I remember being at the Florence and the Machine show with you guys. It's one of my favorite concert memories of my life. And I've been to a lot of concerts, but I will never forget that night. And I'll never forget how it felt. Mm -hmm. And one of my pump up songs is Cosmic Love. I mean, there's so many of her songs, but Cosmic Love sometimes and I just need to be like, just feel like the world is a is a benevolent, kind place. Like I'm like opening my like it's heart opening for me that song. Mm-hmm. Um, I <laughs> so Nina Simone's "I'm Feeling Good" when I really need a like yeah. charge of like some kind of jazzy kind of thing, but I want to feel kind of pumped up. Um, when I'm feeling like I need to get the fury out. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Wish by Nine Inch Nails is probably up there on my like top like rage that and like Ministries Thieves like those are two of my favorite like Fury get it out of my system songs I guess that's pump up that's like pump up get you know I call it music therapy really Mm -hmm. totally music therapy after work you need to just blare something and sweat and throw yourself into your own mosh pit 100% 100% that that those are those songs for me because those concerts were like I I remember seeing Ministry when that album came out and it was like the most insane concert one of the most Mm -hmm. insane concerts I'd ever seen again it was like that was like a chain link fence on the stage people just climbing it was just insane I I was there insane um and so that and then I I really love um there's a song by Tori Amos in BT it's a Mm. remix called Blue Skies (gasps) that's one of my all-time like you know that one Mark's a Mark's a fan of that I know that Oh, song two by Blur. If I'm like, I really want to like. Oh, yes. <laughs> I love that song. It's I had like... to think about it for a minute. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. That's the five. And mm. I stand by all of those choices. <laughs> uh, five favorite products that like you cannot go to work without. This one is hard because like it can shift a little bit. But I will say that for the most part, I go back to I kind of work like a painter. Mm-hmm. So it's funny, like people will ask me about products and I almost don't. I think more in the in the textures mm-hmm. realm. So highly pigmented things like shadows and things that are like really like makeup forever. Eye pencils. They're so oh. beautiful because they're so pigmented and bright colors. Pat McGrath skin fetish foundation is one of my absolute favorite foundations because again that thing I talked about earlier where it's like it looks like skin she comes Mm -hmm. from that world as well and it's like how do you get it to look like real skin but almost like heightened version of that Mm -hmm. I love that uh, formula um NARS Climax mascara is mascara is just like awesome it's so good um Makeup by Mario makes these moisture glow serums for the lips that are beautiful. And I've been obsessed with those okay. and like never without. Is it like a, is there color? It's a, they're all different colors and they're sheer and they're really hydrating. So they are almost between a balm and a gloss. Ooh. Oh, okay. And they're like tints and they're gorgeous. Buying so I've been today. using a ton of those. Um, uh, Aviva's on her shopping list. Oh, she's on her shopping list. (laughs) Anastasia's brow palette, because it's just like everything in one, which I love. And I love using um, a brow, you know, like a powder and then a pencil. So I'll do both sometimes. But I usually create the base of the brow with that palette. Hmm. And Sicily lip pencils, which are unreal. They're like, people 
I know it's like, you know, you don't really think about Sicily all the time for makeup. You think skincare. Yeah. And I've gotten to try a lot of their makeup because I've worked with them kind of over the years on and off, like in different capacities. And they sent them and I was kind of like, Ugh, lip pencils, like I, all lip pencils are created equal kind of in my mind. <laughs> yeah. These are definitely not. They are so freaking great. They're the most unctuous, like perfect texture. They last forever. They have a little brush on the end that you blend them in. So they're almost halfway between a pencil and a lipstick. And they, the staying power of them is unbelievable. And they feel really beautiful. It's like everything Cicely makes has a very um, sensorial, like luxurious Mm -hmm. feeling. And the lip pencils are just like next level. And the colors are super like, yeah. So the neutrals are like, I'm never without those. Okay. I put them under every lipstick. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's a good, yeah. (laughs) Really like that. Do you have three like new discoveries that you've like just come across recently? Beauty, makeup, whatever it is. Yeah. I, so new discoveries, um, have kind of been like I've been really into Halsey's line. Halsey is What's you it know, has a, a line called About Face, and she <sighs> makes these little paints, and they're they're basically in every color of the rainbow, and they're it's like my fantasy of how to work because it's like you use it, it's liquid, you can you have playtime with it, it dries and it's set, and it's so mm. they're the pigments are gorgeous. It's like working with paint, mm-hmm. but they are go on the human face it's like unbelievable do you take it out and put it on something that i put, put it, it on, i put it on the back of my hand or like okay. a palette and then you can work with them that okay. way but i've been using them for the last few months and they're just like my favorite new discovery and every time i use them someone asks me about them <laughs> i love that and it was funny because i was with alanis and we were doing uh, the hollywood bowl she was performing at the hollywood bowl with halsey and i was like <gasps> i got i was like <laughs> i did this whole crazy <laughs> thing on alanis is like this like rainbow because it was for um suicide prevention it was like this really amazing amazing performance that all of these people were coming together to do. And so I did this like crazy like rainbow makeup on her. I used all of her products and then I was like, oh, she's actually performing with her. And so she got to like see, she was like, I was like, these are all your products. Oh, that's amazing. So cool. Yeah. So it was really, I just am in love with them. They're yeah. so much fun. It makes I you feel like you a kid them. again. Yeah. I saw you like, I, she was doing Lydia Hurst. Yeah. And she had these insane yeah. colors out. I'm like, yeah. what is this? And the yeah. packaging is so, so cool. good. Yeah. It's, like, it's really fun. It makes you feel like a kid. Yeah. So that's one. Um, and then uh, there's a there's a really um, cool new like skincare brand called Ourself. And mm. I had, they had sent it to me. And you know, you get stuff and you're like, I'll get to that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really look at it for a while. And then I, they they had actually come out to like meet with people in person. And I went and met with them and they explained it to me. And it's this beautiful skincare line that really like actually is the first one to go under into the skin, like in a way that's like kind of the, it's the bridge between like surgery and skincare wow. in a new way. And they work with all these scientists in San Diego and they've created this thing where it's like subdermal and so it's kind of if you're a person who's not really into fillers and all of the things but you're kind of toying with it or maybe you are like not ready yet or you're you know thinking about it but you're not like committed which is me yeah um you can actually use this as like a a bridge product just kind of see if you can get because it gives you actual results like really you know so i was (laughs) yeah really excited by that yeah yeah Okay. So I think that's those are my I'm two gonna, big ones. I'm gonna look into that for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
there's a lip, there's actually a lip plumper that, that you can use that's topical and it actually works like over time again. And it's like, if you don't want to do fillers, but it just kind of, it's called ourself because it's really, it's meant to look like you. Yeah. It's not meant to look like, you know, another person or another version of you, you know, you know, it's just meant to be you, but like that version of you that you like kind of think about in your mind. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And it's such a, it's so beautifully, it's a, there's only like three products and it's beautiful. And so I've started using it and I'm like, I feel like I see a difference. I feel like I do. I mean, I'm, I just turned 50 and man, I I haven't done anything yet. I'm not saying I won't, but like, you know, for now I have that brand for the moment. I still owe you a shadow dance. You do. <laughs> We're going to dance in the shadows soon. Marcus is the your best shadow dancer. Yeah. He, he I mean, it. you slay. I'm a goth kid. You are. I mean, Mark, I was I'm so sad to be dancing to Susie Sue and without Mark Townsend. Was, I, I really mean, was. How I Cities and Dust right. did yeah. not end up in your pump up songs list? Who I'm didn't? shocked. Oh, wait, wait which Cities one? and Dust. Cities and the Dust. I mean, I have to Susie. play that. I play that for my kids and they think I'm insane. Uh. They're like, what is this, mom? It's so weird. I'm like, yeah, it's oh, weird in the best way. That's my, that's my pump up. That's on my pump up. I love that song. What's your third? Mm, mm. And then my third discovery. Oh, monastery skincare. It's oh. my like I I feel like I've been using every time I use it. People are like, "What is that?" Like it's this, so this esthetician I met in San Francisco. She's incredible, and she developed her own line. It's all botanicals. It's just like sourced in the most glorious way. She like go, goes all around and just like make sure she gets like the best of the best, you know, in every ingredient Mm -hmm. is just so carefully sourced and it smells like you are traveling to different places and it's all just like meant to sort of be used together, layered on top of each other. It's not precious, Mm -hmm. but it's so gorgeous. Like the packaging and the, so I would, every time I use it, this it's called Atar and it's a, it's called a floral repair balm, but it comes, it's, um, it's like a, a beautiful balm and it smells just like a garden in May. Like it's just like jasmine and rose and Ooh. epic. And so if I use it, people are always like, what is that? Like every single time. Yeah. I was on an ad the other day and the photographer was like, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like even the photographer will stop and be like, well, that is amazing. Wait, what was it that? smells yeah. like almost like sunlight and flower. It's just beautiful. So Ooh, that line yeah. monastery is, I've been using that in my kit for like the last probably eight, nine months. Mm-hmm. And I, I've had the most incredible response. Everyone I use it on freaks out. And makeup sets well on it. And it, it's yeah. so great for treating skin under makeup. Like it's, it layers beautifully underneath. Ooh. Yeah. I'm adding to my shopping yeah. cart right now. I, I, Wait, I, I feel like I need it? to work for her because I have literally yeah. sold every person on that skincare yeah. line. Like everybody, I'm like, I hope I'm selling her out of it. Because Is it on her own website? Or? It's on, I think it's on her own website. So if you just go to monasterymade.com. Monastery okay. Athena, yeah, oh. she's incredible. And um, so I love all of that. What about the drugstore? Three drug little drugstore. Drug drug yeah, I do too. So I have been using Neutrogena Healthy Volume Mascara for probably like 15 years. <sighs> really? Yeah. It's my favorite <laughs> mascara personally because I am so sensitive. I can't use anything. Like I can't on my own skin and on my eyes. Yeah. I have to use like the most like because I just like flame up. Like I'm just a sensitive. I have sensitive skin and health in the Healthy Volume by Neutrogena is like it's a sleeper item guys seriously and look at those lashes yeah no one it's has a talked sleeper. about that i yeah. love it is that so great okay it's so great it's like seven or eight dollars yeah. and it's like i'm never without it it's always in my personal makeup bag i hate how mas- mascaras the formula changes so quick and then you like spend 
dollars on a mascara and they're good for like two weeks i always tell women don't spend that much money on mascara because honest to god i use it for work i have to go through so much mascara Mm -hmm. that it's like it's it's also i mean i'll give you know quick tip it's all made in the same factory like it's just about the packaging so if you're thinking you're buying lancome you're really buying l'oreal so it's like you might as well just buy l'oreal yeah true (laughs) you know that's my take on it so i just say cheap mascara there's great formulas out there you do not need to spend your money on love that love it um and then the micellar water by garnier is like you know i used to only go to the french when i was in paris i would freak out enough to go get the bioderma and i was Mm -hmm. uh, you know it's like i would always buy the micellar water in france because that's and then garnier ripped it off i think i don't know or i don't know if they make that in the same factory but the one by garnier (laughs) is amazing and Mm -hmm. it's actually maybe better Really? It's a little more hydrating. Wow. Yeah. And so I use that one and I love it. And it's a great drugstore find. Okay. Um, and then the third one is, I think they changed the formula. There was a Burt's Bees Illuminating Body Lotion Ooh. that I have had in my kit for probably like 10 years. Like and a I've, squeeze tube? It's in a squeeze tube like this tall. Yeah, yeah. I've recently heard they've changed the formula, which is kind mm. of gut-wrenching. So I don't want to, I don't know if it's the same one I've been, but it has this perfect little like sheen without mm-hmm. looking like, you know, like you're Glitter. a frosted donut. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like, you know, yeah. and the other one, if I didn't do that, they also make a lip balm that I usually will, you know, I've, I've bought probably dozens, which is Dahlia. I it's love called it. Dahlia and it's like a tinted sort of berry shade that I will, I used to wear probably again for 10 or 15 years. Yeah. And it's just like a little, looks like a chapstick mm-hmm. and it's got Dahlia. Dahlia. It's like a great. I do love Burt's Bees, their lip stuff. Yeah. 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 Me too. They're just, you know, it's like one of those easy things. If I see it, I'll buy it. Yeah. 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 Oh, We're gonna do a whole episode on Aviva's lip, her lip oh. shit collection. <laughs> her lip shade, her lip shade collection. Her lip shit. What do you mean? You have so much no, stuff. This is probably she's reaching for her lip balm right now. This is probably <laughs> the longest I've seen her go without, without reapplying. Yeah. No, without reapplying. Yeah, because she's afraid to touch the microphone. Oh it's a problem. God. I have hundreds of. I just like I have a panic it's attack my if thing. I can't find my lip balm. Oh. Yeah. When I have like a dinner party, I have people over, you can never mistake anyone's glass for Aviva's. Yeah. Oh my god. Because there's a full there's lip ring it. all That's the way around. Hilarious. I, love it. I feel I feel I like I can it. relate to that. I know. Let's go the exact opposite okay. direction okay. now. Tell me about your three favorite splurges oh. beauty wise. Mm. Like what is worth every penny? If someone is gonna save up their money for a, a beauty indulgence, what is it? Oh my well, there are the there is a serum by a brand called BioEffect, and it's it's Icelandic. Oh, um, I got it was sent to me, and I did again. It was like one of those things. It came. I didn't think about it. <laughs> And then I one day I was like, oh, this is interesting. Rachel, you're not doing your unboxing videos? No. I get a little, my unboxing life is very overwhelming. Yes. I'm going to tell you that yes. right now. I get a lot of stuff. And I want to see it I can't now. keep up with it. You yeah. Know? But this serum, holy moly. It's like, really? I, it is pricey, but it is worth every penny. I swear to God, I'll sleep. I'll put it on at night and I'll wake up and I'm like, Wow. It looks like I went on vacation. My skin looks so good. And wow. they have eye, they do an eye patch as well that I've been using on my clients like 
prior to, you know, as I'm doing, you know, prepping skin, I'll put them on. And they're like, everyone makes those. They become quite ubiquitous over the last like five, 10 years. Yeah. Like, but those are the hands down the best What's that are out there again? right now. BioEffect. Bio okay. They were only selling it in London. And now I think it's like available here. And oh, wow. I need those eye patches. Wow. Yeah. yeah. They, they are legit. They're fantastic. But yeah, not cheap. Right. Not cheap. Um, the other brand that I am obsessed with that only does a few different products is, um, Infure. I don't know if you guys know about Infure. You know about it. It's a no, I don't. San Francisco brand. This woman, um, just, she used to do fragrance. So she had like these little fragrance in these beautiful metal things. I don't think she's doing the fragrance anymore, but she makes these body balms and the Bois de Rose mm. body balm is a pricey little number. Ooh. <laughs> That is truly transcendent. Really? Yeah, it is transcendent. Like I, I use it every single night before <sighs> I go to bed, just like as a, like a, you know, it's my way of like Ritual. winding down and giving myself. Frank's always like, "What is that?" Like it's like <laughs> it's so. It just like it, it fills the room and it like changes your whole like mindset. You're like, okay, the day is done. Yeah. <laughs> like for me, it's just it's exquisite. Her products are. I don't use that word lightly. They are exquisite wow. and they are, they are made with such care. I like love her stuff. So her, wow. if you look up in Fiore, it's a small little brand. She just, during the pandemic, she actually moved her whole operation from San Francisco to Mexico. Cause she's now living in like Sailita. Oh, oh God, I, I know. I she bought like a huge far, like she's going to be doing, I mean, again, a, a very carefully curated, yeah. like gorgeous line. Cool. Yeah. Smart. And um, I think that I'm like, oh God, what else? What else? Um, uh, Spend see. some money, Spend Rachel. Some, oh, oh. Um, I was thinking, oh, Tata Harper's floral yeah. mask. Oh, yes. It is so good. That is, lu that is luxury. <laughs> it's luxury. Yeah, and I love is. luxury. So, you know, yes, I is. love a little Tata Harper moment because I just feel like I am just out of body. I'm like, mm -hmm. I am taking a break. Mm -hmm. I am, it, even if it's like, before work, it gives me that little break. Like right. it's, it's the fragrance, it's the ingredients, it's the packaging. It's like the whole pack. It literally has all the things. Um, I think she's, yeah, she's done it right. She just sent me something that came that is so gorgeous. I haven't even opened it yet. I can't bring myself to open the box. What? It's so gorgeous. It's like a green oh. box. Did you see it? i With it. gold. I'm like, yeah. I don't want to open this thing. It's too beautiful. It's yeah. like, I just love everything she does. Yeah. Post a picture of that. I will. I, I will for sure. That. It's in my office right now. Like Fancy. sitting there. I'm just glaring at it like, oh. Money is spent yes. on my desk. Money is spent on the packaging. Yeah, Tata Harper. Yeah, Tata Harper. Um, I'm always curious about people's, we all live on our phones. Yeah. Any apps that you're using and loving? Ooh. I do love an app. I love an app. Um, I am really into astrology, as you guys know. Uh -huh. <laughs> I'm what, literally what wearing. <laughs> you're literally wearing a dress of astrology. <laughs> Where's my little fish on there? So Where's the Pisces? I know. It's here. It's right Somewhere. here. Okay. My, yeah. There, there they are. Um, but I love an astrology app. So I love Chani Nicholas's app. I love Astrology Zone. And um, <laughs> so those are really big. And I am also really into human design, which is like a whole other conversation. I love finding out what other people's human design is. I'm so into it. So I have this. <laughs> it's called My Human Design is the app. Ooh. And I will like, once I'm with someone, I'm like, okay, what's your birthday? <laughs> what are you born to like find everything out about you? Let's figure it out. So oh. I'm fascinated with this thing. I don't 
know. It's totally nuts, but it's so much fun to find out because I feel like I've now gotten so good. I know who's, I know what energy types people are. Oh. I'm so good. So I can be like, I think that person's a this. Tell me your birthday. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> but it has everything about you. So you can go back and sort of like, you know, listen to little meditations like for your energy type and your whole thing. And I love that. Oh, cool. wow. And then there's this other one called W1D1, which Ooh. is a creative uh, app and it's like it gives you assignments every day like creativity assignments Ooh. and it'll be like you know talking about like light on dark and then they'll be kind of give you like a way into sort of looking at the world for the day and like taking photos and then you can upload it and then see other people's work and what oh. they're doing and it's such a cool way to stay creative and sort of like keep your mind in the in that world of like not getting too focused on, you know, the regular everyday life stuff, it kind of mm -hmm. breaks you out of that and gives you a little, it's like having a mini art class on your phone. It's very cool. What's it called again? W1D1. W1D1. Oh, yeah. It's really fun. That's really fun. Yeah. Fun. So those are probably my top, I mean, just Postmates count. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Postmates counts. Oh, gosh. Oh, God. Crap if it does. It's going to take all my money. Yeah. When you've asked me these questions, it's going to be real boring because mm -hmm. it's going to be like Postmates, <laughs> Uber, mm -hmm. Uber Eats, and uh, caviar delivery. Totally. Because <laughs> I don't like to leave the house if I don't have to. I, I, I know you do not. When Mark's not working, he is home. He's a homebody. That's very home true. true. I like to be home. Yeah. He's plugged in and recharging. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You do. You're like yeah. a, you're like he an electric car. You when you're in the world, you give it all. So mm -hmm. I, I mean, Absolutely. when we're, I mean we give a lot at work. Yes, we do really give a lot. So I yes. come home and I give a little bit to myself. Exactly, which is the only way to, again to stay in the game. Because mm -hmm. and then I'm, is real. I'm a creature of comfort. <clears throat> I will rewatch a movie a hundred times. Oh my god, the movies! I know. I oh want to ask you like, <laughs> what if you had to narrow it down to like your top? Three favorite movies. How could you do it? What Mark would they Thompson? be? It would I, change daily for me. It changes it daily. When I thought about this, I was like, "Oh, for God's sake, are we talking classics? Are we talking like neat on a you know a weekend <laughs> home? What are we talking?" Um, I have certain movies that I go to when I need comfort. Mm -hmm. I think like when I really just need that like hug from the universe. Um, it's complicated. It's up there on my like. I love that. Uh, <laughs> something about when it's complicated comes on. I mean, Nancy Meyer films have that quality no matter yes. what. It's like yes. everyone looks like a coastal grandma and yeah. everybody is drinking like beautiful wine. And But it's complicated for me. It's like up there on the self-soothe like radar always it's like, good kitchens always the good oh, kitchen yeah the good food Nancy and the Meyer like oh the, yeah just gorgeous and then so that I wouldn't call it like a highbrow movie or an art film but it's just like a comfort movie <laughs> um and then my probably the movie I've seen the most of all movies and the movie that I will go to on a minute there's a cloud in the sky <laughs> is <laughs> Evil Under the Sun. It's a it's, it's an Agatha Christie movie from the eighties. It has it has Roddy McDowell. Mm -hmm. It has a Maggie Smith, a young Jane Birkin. Ooh. It has music by Cole Porter, mm -hmm. and you know it's just it's perfect. Mm -hmm. It's 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 before there was um before there was uh, White Lotus. Right? Yes, oh. there was Evil Under the Sun. <gasps> right. So it is literally like it's it's. It's, you know, Peter Ustoff as Poirot, which is, he's my favorite Poirot. I've never even heard of this movie. And, oh my God, it's so good. 
The you? costumes are yes. insane. Oh, but you know Agatha Christie. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I know yeah. Agatha Christie. Yeah. The costumes the yeah. and the whole... So they're on this island, and I guess it's either... It's Sicily-ish. Mm-hmm. And they're on this island, this oh. hotel, and they all come. Of course, there's a murder. And then there's a whole thing. <laughs> it's just, oh, yeah. It's so epic. And the songs and the costumes are done by the guy who did, like... Um, he did like he was a major costume designer, and he did like all this stuff for you know the, and throughout like the seventies and eighties and all that. So he there's just they're over the top, but mm-hmm. they're amazing because it's eighties doing the forties, right? Which oh. is my favorite, <laughs> my favorite. Um, and then that so that's probably. And then I was like, am I being really honest here? Or I am I being so. trying to be highbrow? No, no. honest. Um, the other movie I will not turn off if it's on, like ever, is Overboard. Oh. <laughs> I will not turn it off. Ever. I, I'm not Never. capable of no. turning it off. If I happen upon it in a hotel room or anywhere, I will finish it for uh-huh. wherever it's yes. So it's just the way it is. <laughs> I just ate a bug. <laughs> I just. I just ate a bug. Like that—that's a quote, and anyone who's ever seen that movie knows exactly. And Mark is the best at quoting movies. I mean, I mean, I was gonna say I can't say White Magnolias because Mark will quote everything in that movie. Steel Magnolias. I'm sorry, Steel Magnolias. White Lotus and Steel Magnolias. (laughs) I just—I just made a mashup of my own. I love this mashup, but I need to see it now. Mike White doing Steel Magnolias. Can you imagine? I actually yeah. can't. I have a that's that's literally. Such a good idea. Yeah. Could be good. I, I think you should. I mean, listen, Mike White. We've got an idea. Mike for you. White. Can you imagine <laughs> if you took on Steel Magnolia? Something I mean, southern. I put out a spread for Rachel Goodwin. I know. Over today. For real. What movie do you think I was watching while I did all this? Oh, Marie Antoinette. <laughs> no. no. Um, because it looks like a French fantasy. I know. Oh, that's true. Um. Oh my God, not chocolat. Um, it's not highbrow. It's not highbrow. Clue. Oh, Clue. Oh, oh my God. I actually thought of you because I love Clue as much as you do. And I didn't want to put, I was like, that is obviously in my, but I, that's your, I feel like that movie belongs to you. I got to do Rachel Goodwin as Mrs. Peacock yes. once. Yes. He made me into Mrs. Peacock for a party yeah. and it was yeah. so epic. It, it was like, oh. I really feel like I was channeling her. Yeah. And I recently got, my kids now love Clue because oh. we play Clue a lot, but they also, now I've made it so that they also love the Golden Girls. <gasps> so yes. I feel like I've done something for the next generation. Yes. They, now that we got the Golden Girls Clue. It's amazing. amazing. Now that you have to feel like who stole the, who like killed this person with the cheese. There's it was a cheesecake. cheesecake. There's like all these different like little, and Stanley, my son goes, why does Stanley get to be a character? Oh, <laughs> like, He's not wrong. He's just poor Stanley. He should just be the dead body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do get so much inspiration from film and TV and everything yeah. else. Where do you find most of your inspirations? I feel like for me, inspiration is so fluid. It's like, I don't necessarily always get it from the same place. It's like, I'm always, I'm, I'm just an insanely curious person. I love, Mm. if I go someplace, I'm looking, I'm, I'm like, I think, I think traveling and I think, you know, um, that's probably the top is getting to go places and see different cultures and different Mm -hmm. places. That's probably up there, but I don't get to do that all the time. Right. So I have a a very vast library and books and are super important to me. I go to bookstores. I go to art bookstores. Mm -hmm. I go to flea markets. I go to, 
Um, and I love, you know, I think I'm hugely inspired by chefs in the culinary world. And I think those are some of the more, you know, they're always using references from their childhood and they're always using references from their lives growing up. And I think for me, a lot of my inspiration comes from growing up who, what I, what I was into, what I was exposed to as a young person. Mm -hmm. MTV was a huge Mm. inspiration for me. And I was talking, saying that at my birthday, it's like I chose to do a Blitz kid party because that really, I didn't get to go to the Blitz because I was like, I was on the cusp of that era. I was like too young to get to go. But all of those people that came out of that were hugely influential on my eye and the way that I saw artistry and the way that I see beauty and fashion and as a form of play and not Mm -hmm. necessarily a form of of trying to be perfect or to, you know, it's not for me, it's not about perfection. It's never been about that. It's always Mm -hmm. been about how do I get this how do I get to embody this like thing inside of me that I need to get out? Like, yeah. And that's what MTV and that whole era did for me. It just like made it look like a good time. Yeah. And so, um, it wasn't necessarily about like trying to be beautiful. It was about trying to be interesting. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think like there's that quote, I think it was Jane Fonda who said like, you know, be interested because interested people are interesting. Mm-hmm. And so I've always mm-hmm. reminded myself to be interested in other people mm-hmm. and what they're doing and why they're doing it. And then that, I think you are always getting inspired. Yeah. They're always inspired no matter where you are. Oof. Wow. What would you say is your proudest work moment? I know it's a tough one one. and it probably changes a lot. It changes a lot. I think like one of my proudest moments was like my first, my first British Vogue cover with Edward Anningful was like probably like the most, when I realized like, holy shit, like Mm -hmm. I'm doing this. Like I find him to be just one of the most inspirational editors of all time. And I followed his work since the time I was able to know what, the face, like ID and the face and all of these magazines were. And he was at the epicenter of like the London fashion scene that informed, again, totally informed my eye, made me excited Mm -hmm. to want to be in that world. So when I got to be making pictures with him as the editor, I think like my, my mind like exploded and not only that, but I was doing it in a way that was so me, like I wasn't holding back. I was actually being asked to be the kind of artist I always dreamt I could get to be not trying to fit into this box of like, Oh yeah, you got here, but make it a no makeup look. It was like, girlfriend, do the (laughs) lip with the eye. Like, this is what you're doing. And like, for me, like that was probably a moment that I'll never forget because I remember being on set. There was, we had just done the eye and I was trying thinking I needed to, you know, pussyfoot around and we got out there and it was like, it's not enough. It's not, it's not, it's not enough. Like they were like, it needs something more. Like you basically, they were like pushing me. Yeah. And I was like, but I'm so used to having to hold back that I was like trying to do this thing where I was like holding back and trying to find that spot where I knew it would be acceptable. And he was like, Oh no, it was like a hell no. Like it was, it was like, well, girl, go get up there and do a lip and having yes. to do a, a red lip on her face in front of like 15 people. and Craig oh Dean, you know, in like two minutes, <gasps> like make it perfect. And oh. I'm like doing it on the set in front of all these people waiting for me to finish so we could take the picture. And I knew that was the cover. Yeah, mm. I knew that was going to be the cover. I was like, we'd done all these other pictures all day long, blah, 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 blah. but I was like, that was it. That's and I fun. got on the plane that night and I was like falling asleep with a smile on my face. Yes. <laughs> like, I just 
Like it was like that was a big moment. Oh my gosh, I'm picturing like Ralphie at the end of a Christmas story holding his Red Rider BB gun. It was Rachel. I got a lip and an eye on a British. It was. It was. It was. It was like oh my god, because I felt like it represented me as an artist and in the highest form ever for me, because it's like more than more than American Vogue. Like British Vogue is the magazine that I feel like it used to be Italian and now it's British Vogue, and I feel like it is the Bible at the moment. And cool. so it just felt so amazing. That, that was like, amazing. Yeah. Boom. Boom. Well, I feel like we've only scratched the surface of Rachel Goodwin <laughs> and the log. I mean, I could just like think about your early days in the opera and how you play with color. And I'd love to talk to you forever. So we'll thank you so much for being we'll here. We'll have 2.0 coming 2.0. soon. 2.0. Thank you, Rachel. We still, Rachel. We still have many travel stories to talk about. Right. God, I'm going to be going through my mental roller <laughs> Cheers, guys. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. This was so fun. I knew it would be fun, but that was even more fun than I thought.